Nukuzari, at the end of the Mamre Shlishi, is defending the different Chazals, the different uh, Gadotas we have, which doesn't seem to make sense of the Rechapshah. And he says some of them, they don't look like the Rechapshah, because they're referring to things that Chachamim knew, either through some kind of Baskal or some awareness of the Rukhni world we don't understand. And therefore, that means we take it literally, because of course, if it takes a little meaning, it doesn't seem to make much sense. That was the first example he gave. The second one, he says that they're using a marshal. And therefore, when they refer to something, they don't mean it literally, it's coming to emphasize a point. The Irish only say this, especially when it comes to numbers and amounts, because sometimes the amounts that the Midrash will give for something seem incredible. And uh, the Rashbam already in says that whenever the Gemara uses numbers like 300 or 400, whatever it means. It doesn't mean it's literally 300 or 400, it just means And therefore, in other times in Shas, the fact that the numbers aren't meant literally, it just means something which is an excessive amount, so that puts it into perspective a bit more. So that's the second interpretation he has. The third one, he says, is things are meant to be understood on a conceptual, not a physical level. We spoke about this with Livia Shea. And he says, for example, the seven things created before the world was created, and one of them was Mashiach. So it doesn't mean the person. There wasn't a person hanging around before a world. It means the concept that there has to have been a Mashiach, somebody who's going to be the Mashiach that existed before the world. And the same thing we spoke about. The Pia Ba'er, the Pia Asa, in the mouth of the donkey. It's not that Abinam's donkey had been around since Jesus and Abiratius. It means the idea that a donkey could talk as a concept that already existed from before. Okay, now he comes to his last category. And this is very instructive because it uh, shows us a, 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 an opinion of the Khazari, which we haven't seen so far. And in his last category, he says, And I'm, I agree to you, King of Khazar, in the Gemara, there are those things. There are those things I can't give you an explanation for. And I'm not even going to, be able to find you the, the right example or the right concept to try and explain them with. In other words, there the are other things in the Gemara which I can't attempt to explain. Um, you haven't exhausted the time. And the reason those things are brought in the Gemara is because the Talmudim heard Ramarayim themselves who made these statements so that it was understood they're saying something which is very profound something which is very deep and therefore it was added in the Gemara because we want to record what the Chachamim said and they will be made we don't want to lose the, the Lashon that they said even if it's not understood what's the Kazari referring to? what's the Kazari referring to? Uh, the king, I mean the Chacham referring to so something which he's avoided in the Sefer until now as was the custom of many of the Shonim of Spain at the time, and that is, there's also those areas of the Gemara which are clearly talking about something which is Kabbalistic, something which doesn't have an explanation of Peter Pshat. And therefore, he said, I can't explain it to you, and definitely it's the king of Khazari who uh, def- didn't have the grounding in the concepts of Kabbalah, so for sure I can't explain it to you. It was brought in the Gemara because that way it would be, so to speak, recorded that this is what the Chachami said, but as he said, I, I'm worried that. I don't have the ability to give you a reason for it or to try and compare it to something else and understand it's coming from a different place altogether. And we find this concept also 
in, even in, uh, I'm not talking about the Midrashim, which are for sure based on Kabbalah, but even those things in the Gemara, which with 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 the various ways you can try and understand something, or Pipshat, we don't seem to understand. We don't seem to understand the, what the Gemara is talking about. And there's something we understand. We have to lead to Chazal, uh, we're referring to a different level of understanding Torah. Uh, we don't find that, with the exception maybe of Ramban and the Ravid, we don't find too many of the Rishonim of the, that time who were, uh, who at least mentioned Kabbalah, who speak about it. Uh, the always the question is, did they hold of it or not? I'm just going to go back into history a bit. And that is, there was a big shayla was, in the time of the Rishonim, especially the Rishonim of Spain, there was a big discussion um, about, firstly, first of all, was Kabbalah authentic? And was it something that people could learn? There, and the reason for that was, is because, like the reason himself writes this, there were those Rishonim who had a Messiah in Kabbalah, and that's the case, there was no question. This was part of the Torah which is given from teacher to student, from generation to generation. So there was no sacrifice about it, it was something which was handed down by Messiah. Um, and uh, there were those Rishonim who had that Messiah. There was no Rashi had the Messiah. You know, he taught it to his Talmudim, the Rikanti, the Rakeach, Rabbi Rachosid. There were Rishonim in France, Germany, who had the Messiah of Kabbalah. Similarly in Provence, in south of France, there was also another school of Rishonim who had a Messiah. The Ravid, the Rishag, you know, the Ramban, the Israel. There were other Rishonim who had a Messiah of Kabbalah, and they mentioned it. They talk about it, and that's, they didn't hide it. They, they, they held it as part of the terror, something that they learned, and something that they knew. Rashi never mentioned Rashi. In the Pirish on the Gemara and the Chumash as mentioned Kabbalah. But uh, it's Yudu already that there are lots of times in Rashi where he seems to say extra words which appear to what's Rashi adding. And once you see how the Kabbalah explained it, you understand that's exactly what Rashi said. And as a show at that time it was quite desolate. At that time there was Kumat no one. Ramban couldn't find the minion. Right. There was Kumat no at that time. So I remember this is the time after the first crusade when they shield all the Nerissus Shah. So there was very, very few Nerissus Shah. But in the rest of Spain there wasn't a Messiah. And there was a big discussion between the Spanish Shoshone, firstly what Kabbalah was. And if some people could learn or couldn't learn, just as a Maramak, there's a famous Trivis Harivash where he writes against learning Kabbalah. It doesn't hold as a Messiah. There's a lot of discussion whether the Rambam did know or didn't know that there's a Nisfar written on the topic. And uh, the same thing when it comes to Rabbi Levi, we don't find any references for sure that he did know Kabbalah. But this is one of the references where he can hear he held there was such a thing, but he's like, I can't explain it to you. So, the, 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 sorry? Don't the Sardim mostly work out the Kabbalah? That's now. After the Rizal. After the Rizal, so they were look for sure. The Gedari Sardim at the time. We'll recover everything that Rizal said at the end of the year. And since then, so that's been a, a hallmark, and even the place came pretty much of, of the Sephardi countries to take the, the Divra Rizal very seriously. Um, there are exceptions, the others supposed to be done, such as the Ravad Yosef, but uh, on the whole, most Sephardi place came hold very, very strongly up the Rizal. The Chita, for example, the Benishai, and the Kapachayim, and many others, they, they, they take the, the hours much later on. It was after the Rizal that uh, Kabbalah, so to speak, was reintroduced into into what people knew. There was the, the, from the period of the Ramban until afterwards, the Rizal himself, right? And so the Ramban, for reasons we don't understand, the Ramban was the end of the line. He didn't teach anybody. And he writes it in his Akdamah Kibbutz Torah. He says, "I'm going to explain our people Kabbalah also, but I'm not teaching it to anyone." 
And for somebody who already knows it and understands what I'm being around is to very good. And if not, you won't understand. That's your answer. In the Torah, in those places, like in those expansion, where he does explain things like people about then again, the person understands. Understands the person who does it. The Ramban didn't teach it to anybody. And there, there is a rat that the Ramban was the last thing that the explained, because after that there was no longer a Messiah. He didn't teach. And because he didn't teach, so then after they didn't have that Messiah anymore. So this is uh, Rabbi David was not same guy. So Kinnira from here is one of the references that he refers to. There was a Chacham the Chachamim had when it was recorded in the Gemara. That's what they said, but we don't understand it. And he said, I can't explain it to you. It was the same door as the Ramban. The same door. No, the Chacham is referring to. Now he says, but Umashal is Harim, but Masha Shalim, and Rabbi say, what the, the, the ones who recorded the Talmud. Be careful about what they heard from their teachers. They wanted to write everything they heard. And therefore, there were things I'll do very Kabbalah also. They wrote that too. They were very careful to write exactly how they, heard, how they heard it. And now, this is the most interesting line. The people are writing, in other words, the Torah who wrote the Talmud didn't understand themselves what they were writing. But no, that's what, he, that's what he said. So, you're writing it accurately. And that's the panic. Because we know for sure that Tamarim had the Messiah in Kabbalah. That wasn't the question even. The question was later on. So now for Rabbi Levi to write that it could be the ones who wrote it down, they wrote down accurately what they what they were told, but after Shalom maybe they didn't understand what they what they what the Indian was. They said this is what uh, what we heard, this is what we accepted, this is what we wrote. The after Shahid Rabbi Sayyid Bimaimahu and Yan Nelumitamin earlier. And it could be that the the ones who said it, the Rabbani who said these lines, and an understanding which the Talmudim who wrote it didn't understand. And therefore, and it came down to us because it was written in the Gemara, and just like they didn't understand, we still don't understand it. And therefore, we come to the Bible, we didn't take it with the proper seriousness because we didn't understand what they were saying. I understand the logic. Why would they write it down? the what, the, those who are trying to explain what he means isn't Amarim who wrote the Gemara. He means the people who redacted it in every door. You know, no, just from door to door. There was no printing press. And therefore the Talmud had to be written over and over by hand. And whoever wrote the Talmud just wrote what it said, even if all those scribes along the way who were recording Gemaras didn't understand the meaning, but you're not know, changing the text. That's what the Gemara said. That's what you're going to write. And uh, therefore he says it could be that, 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 that we have it today. We might not be able to understand it today. It could be they didn't understand it until now as well. But you know, that's what the, that's what the Amarim said. And we recovered that. Again, expecting that one day maybe people will, we will be able to reveal this part of the Torah. Ara Yamazel is Chalakim of Torah like that. There are Chalakim of Torah which Tarizal explained. And therefore we can understand them. But those Chalakim of Torah Tarizal didn't explain. Whatever reason, and then we are the Amazet. We can see what it says, we don't really know what it means. Um, just to give an example, um, there's a sefer called Sefer Azil Amalach. Sefer Azil Amalach, the Fidel Messiah, was taught to the Mauritian. At the beginning of the Sefer Azil Amalach, it's a long chedek of him explaining the various malachim who do different things in the prayer. And he explains how you how these malachim use different shemus Hashem, with a whole long list of different shemus Hashem to do different things. Now, that's not something we have a fear of the reason why. On the Zara we do, and other things we do. We, so what, what are these names of Hashem? Where do they come from? How do they work? It's something we don't understand. It's a, we have a Messiah, this is the MS. We have a Messiah, this is a Sefer Kodesh. It's not something we have a fear of necessarily. 
something which is al-pikabala, a very big deal, and uh, people aren't mekayim because the zalim mekayim. Same thing with uh, I'm saying as a, my best example because it's something the Zara must talk about. I haven't counted all of them. In at least 30 or 40 places. The importance of Sanitik and the Wats and the the Wats, the Master Wats, the big deal, and whatever else. And I would say I would venture to guess that a vast majority of Kaisal Dayan's and the Emiss is if you look at the Shukhanarat, it's not there. The Mishnah Buru brings it in, but not the Shukhanarat. The Shukhanarat talks about the Mishmaris, the Bezish Mimetsa, and the Kurban Bezish Mimetash. Right now we're getting a seminar of Sifbach and Dalit, and that's all. That doesn't come again in the Shukhanarat. So I'll pay the Nigla, it doesn't come in the Shaks. So I'll pay the Nigla, I'll pay the Shaks, but the Shukhanarat. The, the, the concept doesn't exist. It's, but when you come to the Kabbalah, it doesn't just become something to do, it becomes a central thing to do. It's a major difference. The person does or doesn't do it. So now, it, it, can a person be held accountable? Why didn't you say to Gunkatsos? No, you can't. A person has to know the Nigla, a person has to know the Shukhanarat, and he doesn't talk about it. Mashank, when a person comes to the Kabbalah and then a person wants to act off what he now knows, okay, so then it brings a person to a different, uh, a different knowledge of what's, of what's important, then you make it, then it will change. But you can't hide a person who doesn't think. And that's what it means also, that it's not something we have to know. And therefore, the fact that we don't know it isn't affecting our Kiyamatayim. Of course, if we know, we'd know more. But it's not something that without it, there's something, so to speak, very big missing in our way we're keeping the Torah every day. We don't have to go to Kabbalah for this type of topic. We find this topic in Nigla too. Most people have no idea of Hilkos Tumah Vatan. Or if a person's a Rishon or he's not a Rishon, and what's called a, a Mesit and what's not called a Mesit, and uh, what's Tumah Bichibur and what's not Tumah Bichibur, and all the other topics that Tyrus talks about. And it's a Chalik of Torah, it's even a Chalik of the Nigla. But the fact that most people don't know it doesn't affect their Kiyama Mitzvahs. Because today, since we can't become it anyway, we are over to it. So therefore, of course, knowing it will add more to a person's Torah knowledge, but not knowing it doesn't affect a person's ability to become the Torah. And therefore, he said, it's, of course, it's something we would want to know, but not knowing it doesn't give us a personal position we aren't able to make the Torah we have to, we're able to make today. That's the, that's the Kachim's, uh, basically he's gone through four different kinds of Magadah Chazal, and he explains uh, that even though there are those things in Magadah which we can't explain of the Pshat, of the way we see the world around us, nevertheless, it doesn't mean Chazal were wrong, it means that they understood things differently. Now, I'm just going to add one thing that the Khazari doesn't talk about, because obviously he was living in a door where this wasn't yet the question. And that is, but it has become a big question. And that is, what about things that Chazal say which seem to contradict science? The science of today, they've proven or they've analyzed or they've, whatever the case may be, they have certain axioms in science, and the Khazari says the opposite. So what are you going to do with things like that? Now, I want to make an important distinction. And that is, there's a difference if you're trying to explain Gemara or Tadivri Chazal. So if you're trying to explain Rishonim. And why is this an important distinction? Because we, in Sahar, from where we Moshe Shapiro many times. And that is, when it comes to Divri Chazal, we're starting with Anach, what they say was Burrach Akkadish. And if that's the case, people who are talking not from their own understanding, but from Ruch Akkadish aren't making mistakes. There's a certain Ruch Akkadish which is guiding what they said, and a certain divine inspiration. If that's the case, that what they said we have to understand is correct. Whereas when it comes to a Rishon, even a, 
some of the most earlier Rishonim, we don't find the same thing. They don't have the Dura and everything they said. And therefore, a Rishon's understanding could be from his understanding, which could be based on the understanding of the world around him. And if that's the case, if people at the time didn't understand various basic principles which we know today, so it could be he, he understood based on what, they, what, what the world around him understood, people at the time understood, and therefore he's going to make the same mistake that everyone else in that time, in that time, in that day is made. Uh, we can't argue with that because you see it with Hirsch. Because sometimes Rishonim quote the Chacham of their time, quote what was considered the understanding of the way the world worked in the time, and that's the way to explain things, and they're wrong because not they were wrong, the world was wrong. And therefore the, the concepts that they considered to be correct, we've now proven wrong. I mean, just an example, the Faisal Vavis. And I'm just giving an example of something which is clearly the case. He's quoting the world around him and they were wrong. It talks about the matters of an alchemist, of a person who can turn things into gold. He found the form of turning it into gold. This was the big uh, Mishragas at the time he lived. People thought they could find a way to make this into gold, they'd become uh, multimillionaires. And the world is all looking to find a way to turn things into gold. So he talks about the, the idea of the, the matters of a person who turns into gold. He contrasts it to, in a, to a person who's with Dachim Hashem. But I'm saying he deals with the concept that there was the alchemist. Now, the Chavisol never saw an alchemist, it never existed. Right? Now we know that the whole thing could never have happened anyway. You can't turn things into gold. But at the time, that was what people considered the spritz of a person's achievement. He would be able to do that. Financial Right. And if that's the case, the Chavisol works with what people at the time were considering. That's one example out of many. So we're not going to try and, when Rishonim talk about what people, they have to take it in the context of what the people at the time were thinking, that's what they were talking about as well. When we talk about Chazal, it doesn't work like that. Because Chazal weren't coming from the widely accepted notion of the way things happened. Chazal were coming from a certain Rechakotish. And if that's the case, we have to always work on explaining Chazal in the context of they aren't making mistakes in science. Uh, it's possible to do that. It's just, there has to be a Hanacha. And uh, the proof for that, the proof of that is the times the Gemara says that the Chachmei Umm Sa'idim said like this, and Chachmei Torah said like that. Which means they knew that they weren't, they weren't saying what the people of their time said. Even in their own time, they were arguing with what the people of the time said. The Chachmei Umm Sa'idim at the time held one, right? They held a different one. And now we have to... In one case, yes? But we have to explain. So now in that case, Ramchal asks, so what did the Chachmei say? And you have to explain it in the way which we can understand it. In two minutes, I just want to give you one example of such a case. And that is, the, there's a Chazal. Yeah. It talks about the concept that there's Arab Katsuri Sa'aretz. There are four corners of the world. So, what has four corners? A square. Right? Um, uh, other geometrical shapes don't have four corners. And the Pasuk says that there are four corners of the world. So, must the world is square. And there's such a Chazal. That's the Arab country started. Yes, but therefore, what the, that comes to the Chazal that it comes in the Quran that the world is like a square. It's four kinds of sides. And they're going to ask one second. The world is not a square. Right? You can have, we can prove that today. So what are Chazal talking about? So I, I meant to ask this to Rosh Shapiro. Just like, how do you explain the Chazal like that? So tell me a gun. He told me the gun. As a, as a Vilnagon, it's a concept that needs to be understood. But uh, the Vilnagon says in the Pasuk, Hashem the world belongs to Hashem. Why? Because he set it up on the sea. What does that mean? The world belongs to Hashem because he set it up on the sea. What's the, why is that an answer to why the world belongs to Hashem? So the simple chat in the Pasuk is, 
Because originally the sea covered the water. And the Chiddush that HaKadosh Baruch said, Yekobu Amayim, the water can move away, and the land should rise, was a Chiddush. It wasn't the way it's meant to be. So Hashem was Yisod, he set the land above the sea, and that's why the, the, the Kiddush, it's nice that the world exists. That's my Hashem words. That's not what the Pasuk. It's a Chazal. Chazal say, Yehol Yom Yisodah, the Samach. And it says, Hashem has set the world in the sea, because the sea is a Samach. What's it meant to be? You see the Samach, and that's why the world is Hashem, because he set it up on the sea, on the, on the sea and you saw that it has a Samach. So the Gaon explains like this. The Gaon explains that the Matthias is, like I said, when it comes to the ground, which is something like an offer. So he says, it's the Muslim of the ground is square. The Muslim of water is its round. Whatever the drop of water is always round. He says what makes it naturally becomes round is liquid. The musuk of uh, liquid is something which is, is like a samach. So it's, it's created in a way which is round. And therefore he says, so the land mass of the ground is like a square. But what makes the globe, the world, into a circle is because it's Most of the world is water. And since the concept of water is to be, is to be round, so we made it since the majority of the world is water, that's what makes the world round. As he explains, Hashem but Since the, he made the summit, which means the roundness of the world based on the yamim, because there's more sea than land, so the result is the world becomes round. Now, it's a concept which has to explain a little bit more, but just the words. So therefore, when Chazal said the world is square, they aren't arguing with science. What they meant was the ground is a square. The, 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 let us speak, the, 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 the part of the world which is uh, not underwater, the part of the world is a square. And if you think, if you think about the map, uh, especially the way it was before Darapalaga and the separation of the continents, it pretty much is a square. It's not round. If you take from the top of Asia on the one side and Canada on the other side, you build it down, the shape of the world landmass isn't round. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's more like has four sides. It has north, west, south, and east. But the, the globe is round. It's, uh, because the, the yam is round. The land is square, the yam is round. And therefore, since it's al-yam the rove is the water, it becomes round. I'm just saying this is a martial. Of how you say, Chazal says something, they aren't contradicting what we know. But you have to understand what they're trying to say. So, anyways, that's, that comes to explain this last point, and that is to understand Chazal in the context of what they were trying to say. Something that I found for it, but it's a very famous Chazal, that when the sun sets at night, where does it go? Is that the window? Okay. So there's a place in the One tana holds, it goes the Malam in Rakia, and the other tana holds, it goes the Matam in Ayam. Now, what does that mean? Where the sun goes, it goes around the world, it goes around the other side of the world. So, what does this tana mean, the Malam in Rakia? What does that tana mean, the Matam in Ayam? We can explain. It has to get back to the other side, so it has to go out the window and then over the top. So, which way? The Malam in Rakia, the Matam in what are they arguing about? We know where the sun is. The, the sun is just on the, other, on the other half of the world. But, so, what are they talking about? So here also, I'm trying to explain, but they aren't arguing with the Mitzis. The only question is what they're calling the Mitzis. There's a certain Bechino why that's called the Ma'ala Mirakia, and a certain Bechino why it's called the Ma'ala So you have to explain what they wanted to say with that. But uh, again, Chazals like that aren't coming to disagree because it was coming from a certain Ruch HaKodesh they had. So they couldn't be, be wrong, so to speak, in things which we can see are facts. So, so they finishes off the Mitzrayim. Amr HaKazari, Kvar HaTivay Sadebi, Vechazak Temunasi Vekazani. You've, you've been mechazek ma'amun in the Kabbalah of Chazal that now I can accept what they're saying. Firstly, the proofs of before the Chazal had a messiah, and secondly, that they were, everything they said 
we have to accept the one second. That was the whole man of Right, the whole man of Shlishi. And now he says, this is going to be the deduction of the man of Revi, which will start next time, Be'ezah Shem. Ritzoni ata shetarli ma'at mechachmosa. Having now accepted the, the Chochmah, the Chazal are right, I want to understand the Chochmah. All the different names of Hashem, what they mean and when they're used. And that's going to be the concept of Ma'am Rabbi explaining Ruchnius and starting with all the different Shemes Hashem, which the Chochmah is going to explain.